1: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have
0: time to look at your fantasy lineups, son of a. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. the update juggling along with uh, the fantasy Taz Jim Day, Sean Engel, producing our show producing shows all day long keeping us flying straight thank you for joining us uh for week 19 in the NFL divisional playoff round, and uh, we were uh, talking Rams Cowboys before we uh, went to commercial, and uh, we were starting to go over some of these prop bets for this game. So uh, Jared Goff, uh, 278 and a half passing yards over under, and I, I see what you're saying, Jim. A little, it's a t- t- tough number, uh, but uh, Goff has been better at home. Uh, averaging 342 yards per game at home and on the road, 244 yards per game. Uh, but the, you brought up a great point. You know, if, if it seems like uh, Todd Gurley's healthy and you know, he could take over this game. So
1: really? That's and that's concern. where it comes down. Yeah, that's my hesitation no. with Goff, not whether or not mm-hmm. he can throw the ball and, you know, throw it mm-hmm. on this defense. I think he can. Uh, but yeah. if, if Gurley gets off to a great start, and all of a sudden he's you know putting up a couple of early touchdowns, all of a sudden golf doesn't have to throw as much if they get out to mm-hmm. that lead. Because uh, let's face it, I, I'm not really thinking much about uh, uh, of the you know Dallas coming from behind in this game and beating the Rams. If the Rams get out early, mm-hmm. Dallas is in trouble. Um, yeah, it's just not really built to to come back from big deficit early. So I I think that would be a problem. And if that happens, and, you know, Gurley is a big part of that, I I could see Goff, you know, not having to throw too much, where he's only, you know, maybe attempting 23, 24 passes in the game, and then the numbers Mm -hmm. may not be there. And that's my concern is is more of that than anything else.
0: Mm -hmm. So you take the under and the 278.5, I would presume. I
1: probably wouldn't take either side, to be honest. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. he's going to go under. I'm just concerned that he he might.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Prescott. Dak Prescott 242 and a half feels strongly either way the over under for his passing yards
1: uh, look, it, it, this is going to be a big game for Prescott. If he wants to stay in this team, if he really wants to be this franchise quarterback, he's got to win another game. He's got to win another playoff game. He's got to do a, a good job of it as well. You know, he ended up being clutch for them at the end of the game last week, but it wasn't the greatest passing performance he's ever had. Um, and he's still putting the ball on the ground too much. He's got He's got to work mm-hmm. on that. But if he really wants to be this quarterback in Dallas for years to come, this this is going to be a big game for him, and he needs to step it up and, and play a, a consistent game where he's not turning the ball over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So to answer uh, your point, uh, <laughs> I realized yeah. I didn't answer <laughs> your point. Um, man, I I am not sure at <laughs> two forty two and a half. You're you're probably looking right there. Again, these guys mm-hmm. who do this for a living are really good at it. Um, this yes. is a very tight game for me. If I if I gun to my head, if I had to bet this. Uh, I'm gonna bet you go over, the other,
0: personal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would That's go to over. That's
1: good. That's good. Yeah, I would it's, go to it's, over. It's okay for because, us to
0: disagree. Uh-huh.
1: Only because I think that Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott gets involved in the passing game in, in mm, a big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I, man, I, outside of gun to my head, I wouldn't bet this.
0: <laughs> right. Well, actually, and I like what. You would uh, what you're saying here? The uh, over/under for just rushing now, physique is 97 and a half. Now, if the the I mean, the Rams' defense overall all season long has been a bit disappointing, but especially against the run. So I'm taking the over easy on that one. Yeah, personally. Like I yeah. like I
1: said earlier in in the previous show is you know mm-hmm. what what the Dallas needs to do is come right out and run right at uh, Donald mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. They you know that that's where he's the weakest is when you attack him head on. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, especially in, in things where you do stutter steps or you have a little bit of delay and he's, he gets into his pass rushing mode and then you attack mm-hmm. that hole, you'll find a lot more uh, air there that you can get into uh, when he's doing that. So uh, that's the best way. You don't want him trying to come up from behind you, make it plays that way. You want to run right at him.
0: Mm-hmm. And the uh, over on the four combined rushing and receiving physique is one thirty-four and a half. How do you feel about that?
1: I like the overs on, on both of Zeke's, uh, the, the 97.5 mm-hmm. rushing and the 134.5 and uh, rushing and receiving. Again, I, mm-hmm. they're, they're, he's going to run touch the ball at least 30 times in this game, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, right. then once again, Jason Garrett is, you know, what the heck are you thinking, dude?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Woods has been... Uh, Basically, the most consistent wide receiver for, that the Rams have, especially since uh, Cooper uh, Cup went down. His over-under is 74.5. Do you see uh, Goff uh, getting the ball to Robert Woods a bunch?
1: Oh, I, I do. Uh, you know, they, they use him a lot in the slot, and that's the best way to go against Dallas because those, those outside corners are very good, uh, hard to beat mm-hmm. them. But, uh, you know, you can definitely attack them through the slot receiver. And like you said, Woods has been their best receiver not only this year, but last year as well. Um, he was mm-hmm. their best receiver. I know they brought in Brandon Cooks this year. Uh, but, you know, while Cooks has been good, uh, yeah, Woods has been better and more consistent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time, big time. Uh, speaking of Brandon Cook, 64-and-a-half, do you like that number? That's the over-under for his passing uh, receiving yards, I mean.
1: Um, yeah, that, that's, I, I do. I, I think they're going to need him to hit a couple big plays. But, man, if you look at the second half of the season, I think his highest uh, yardage, tot- well, not second half, but ever since the bye. Uh, again, mm-hmm. they had the big game against the Chiefs uh, on that Week 11 game where, you know, Everybody, almost everybody except Todd Gurley did well, and we heard Todd Gurley got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. After that, it, this whole entire offense pretty much took a downer until week 17 where all of a sudden Goff throws four touchdowns. Cook catches two of them. But in those last five games, Cook's never exceeded 62 uh, receiving yards in any of those games. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, I, I think, again, this is really comes down to whether or not, sh- <coughs> excuse me whether or not Bless Sean McVay it. that he, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether or not mm-hmm. Sean McVay can come up with some new wrinkles uh, and try mm-hmm. and get this offense fully moving again and i th- you know i think he is i think he will mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be an interesting game one i'm really looking forward to watching
0: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, we alluded to this uh, earlier, uh, Sean McVay, a big game for him. I mean, not only I mean, of course, it's a big game because he's in the playoffs, but he doesn't want to lose uh, a home playoff game in two consecutive seasons, especially since all these uh, different franchises are trying to clone him as they uh, try to hire new head coaches this season.
1: Yeah. Well, again, you know, mm-hmm. I've said this on other shows is, you know, all of this stuff, coach hiring is, is very cyclical and, you know, very mm-hmm. copycatish. you know, if somebody does something well, something new, something innovative. Everybody wants to get somebody who does that. And that's what mm-hmm. we're seeing this year. And, you know, a lot of jokes going around on Twitter and stuff from social media about this whole thing. Like coach goes into an interview and first question they ask is, do you know Sean McVay? Mm-hmm. Guy says, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're fired. Get out. Um, right, right, know, that right. kind of stuff. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. don't know him, you can't. If you do, you're hired. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. we're seeing that. But it, it's cyclical. It, it'll change again, you know, in a couple of years, uh, especially mm-hmm. if he goes on to lose this game and, you know, he, he ends up building this, oh, we, we're great in the regular season, we can't win in the postseason type of attitude. Then, you know, people will go looking for the next big thing. So it, we, right. we can, we, that consistently moves. Everybody's always looking for the next big thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Hey, I don't think there's any bigger dart throw in this game than trying to figure out whether or not you want to use any of the Rams tight ends. Uh, and, uh we, we have uh, Gerald Everett uh, outsnapped Tyler Higby uh for the past four games. he's had uh targets of seven, seven 6, one in that span and yeah he was catchless against the 49ers I mean but at the same time Higby hasn't had more than two catches since week 11. I mean it's a severe dart throw, but would you ever consider you know try to uh, put one of them in a, a DFS lineup this way get more chalk in it?
1: Well, yeah, if that's your idea, then sure, you can punt the position and tight end. Look, if you're... three the is there, actually...
0: Yeah. Dallas no, is I'm actually – uh, f- no, it's okay. I was going to say Dallas has actually permitted the NFL's fourth most catches per game to tight ends at five and a half. So you could try to convince yourself that way, try to make it feel a little bit better. But, and, I'm and he, sorry, you know, like you said, game.
1: outside of the Week 17 game against the 49ers where he only had the one target, didn't do anything. Yeah. You know, the three yeah. games before that, he had 20 targets in those three games. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just under seven targets a game. He, he was involved. You know, he got the outside chance. He had that in the Week 11 game. He had the two touchdown passes and Mm -hmm. made everybody ooh and ah. But again, it really comes down to what other chalk you want to fit on your team. If that's the case, then I don't have any problem taking a dart throw on him at tight Mm -hmm. end and not paying the big dollars to get one of the big tight ends uh, just Mm -hmm. because outside of that, everybody's a dart throw. And that includes Gronkowski because we really, I mean, the extra week, hopefully got him a little bit healthier, but we just Mm -hmm. don't know. Um, We have no idea whether he's fully healthy and ready to go or if he's still beaten up and, you know, looks like Refrigerator Perry running uh, offensive routes. Mm -hmm, So, you mm -hmm. know, outside of those big three, it's kind of hard to discern what these guys are going to do. So why not take a chalk on one of the, you know, cheapest guys there that has had some recent success. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not blow-the-doors-off success, but recent success a little bit involved. Why not? I get that. It gives you a chance to, to lock up some of these other big-name players. But, mm-hmm. man, I, it's not like I love him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, and Hig- right, right, you know,
1: Higby, I mean, he's he's a better blocker than he is a receiver, and that's mainly yeah. what he's used for. Every once in a while they, they throw him a pass just because he breaks out and all of a sudden it's a surprise play defense not waiting, and they hit him like that, but it's not something that's consistently done unless right. of course that's one of the new wrinkles wrinkles that McVeigh puts in the game this there week. you, you go know. there
0: you go there you go so who uh who wins this game because I mean, the Rams uh cover the seven and a half and uh, do you what do you think about the uh the scheme 48.5 over under what, what, what are you looking at in this game
1: well I like Cowboys with the points. point seven and a half points I think is too much uh based mm-hmm. on the last one with of the you season. on that yeah for the Rams mm-hmm. I, I mean they just weren't playing the greatest offense and, you know, the outside of, okay, outside of week 17, they had a good offensive game week 17 uh, against, you know, 49ers when nothing meant nothing. I get it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. The four weeks previous that when things still meant something, they weren't playing good football. Defenses had their number. They were all in on Goff. They were taking away the deep plays by playing some deep safeties. Um, You know, all of that stuff came together and made Goff look, you know, like somebody that can be beaten. It's really going to depend on whether or not Dallas can get to him. If they can get in his face, get him out of that pocket, not enable him to step up into the pocket to make his throws downfield, then I think they're going to have some success. But I do think seven and a half points is too much. Dallas is playing too well. Um, I I just can't see the Rams blowing them out unless Dallas makes a few big mistakes early and then can't rectify it.
0: Right. So you like Dallas with the points? You think they could... Uh, pull a full upset win, or you you thinking the Rams win?
1: Oh, I think they could pull up a, a full upset win, but again, it really is going to come down to you know which Dak Prescott do we see? Do we see him the Dak Prescott making plays and not making stupid plays like turning the mm-hmm. ball over? Then I think absolutely they got a chance. Their defense is tight. They got a great running game. You know Cooper has definitely helped their passing game. So yeah, they, mm-hmm. they have a chance. But, really, they they got to get in Goff's face early, um, and they really got to put pressure on him right from the get-go to have any shot at winning the game. But I do think they will be in it no matter what.
0: Gotcha. Okay. All right, so in the, the few minutes that we have before uh, our next commercial, uh, why don't we go back to that mock draft we were talking about and uh, uh, take a look at round two as uh, we ding, had... Ding, ding, uh, ding, ding, ding. There you go. Come out. Come out. We'll put the little... Uh, Mouthpiece in, come out for round number two. Um, we had uh, Adam Ronis taking, uh, finishing up round one with Devontae Adams. And then uh, with his first pick of round two, he went Nick Chubb. Uh, what do you think of Nick Chubb's up for next, for next season?
1: Look, I I like Chubb. I like Chubb a lot. He's shown himself to be a dynamic running back. Um, He he puts up a lot of yards. They give him a a lot of touches. No problem with any of that. I just wish he was more involved in the passing game. Now, he may get to be there. I mean, he's a good pass catcher. It's not like he can't do it. They just don't throw him the ball a lot. With the new Mm -hmm. regime change, we may see that change. And if it does, this could be a great pick. But as of now, with what we know right now, the fact that he's not a big part of that passing game – that's a little too early for me. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, there's guys, there were guys on the board that I would take over him because they catch balls. We're talking about a PPR league. I want, you know, early running backs. I want guys that can catch the ball as well as do a good job running. Um, you know, guys like Mixon, guys like David Johnson, you know, those are guys I take over him because they're more involved in the passing game. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, and, uh, the next couple of picks we had Tyreek Hill. Uh, Corey Parson took him with the second pick of uh, round two. DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown. Now I think you and I both agree DeAndre Hopkins probably uh, should have been taken in that first round.
1: Yeah, a lot of, you know, definitely. I, I mean, he's definitely one of the better w- wide receivers. You, you do have a little mm-hmm. bit of injury concern with Hopkins, uh, but he mm-hmm. seems to play through most of that and does pretty well with it, so it doesn't really scare me too much. But, you know, definitely in that, you know, talk, I, I would take mm-hmm. Hopkins over Smith Schuster. I just would at this point, even mm-hmm. if Smith Schuster becomes the one for. Uh, for Steelers next year if Brown leaves. Mm -hmm. But there's still a chance Brown doesn't leave. Um, So, that you know, again, if he picks uh, at this point, I'd love to have Davis back it up with his reasoning. But right now, my look is that he's trying to get us to talk about it. And hey, hey, heck, we are. (laughs)
0: There you go. There you go. So we had, like I said, Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Damian Harris. Uh, Following that pick, uh, Adam Thielen uh, by Mike Blewett. Then you took David Johnson. And David Johnson, perfect example of a PPR-friendly running back.
1: No, I I agree. And this was, you know, a bad year for him, and he was still the ninth best running back, Uh, middle of the second round. I'll take that all day. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll break
0: down uh, some more of this weekend's action, uh, more of this mock draft, maybe even touch on a couple of the uh, coaching hires. Listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. update, Joe Galina, along with the fantasy Taz, Jim Day, little ACDC, Sean Angle, fantasy producer extraordinaire, and the fantasy prince shaking things up here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We just uh, went through the cows and uh, the cows the cowboys we've been on air for a while now right rams uh and cowboys game we uh, went through uh, part of the second round of our uh, uh experts mock draft uh that we are uh, actually f- starting to finish up now uh but uh, hey jim let's let's backtrack a little bit uh let's talk about a, uh, maybe one or two of these uh head coaching changes um yeah, I know you're you're a, a big uh, Bruce Arians fan. Uh, he got hired as the Buccaneers coach, and we had spoken about him uh, in the previous show, and and w- what he can do for Jameis Winston's career. He's uh, known Winston since like the ninth or tenth grade. Winston uh, was part of his uh, little quarterback challenge uh, that he uh, that Arians used to host down south, and uh, quoting Arians now, he said when he saw him play, he he blew all the other contestants away, and he was like, whoa, he definitely made an impression on me in that football camp. So what do you think about uh, Jameis Winston? Does the hire of uh, Bruce Arians, is Winston more attractive to you in fantasy for next season because of it? Well,
1: look, uh, you know, Winston, you know, or even Fitzpatrick, whoever started for this team all year, uh, put Mm. up for the most part, good fantasy numbers outside of the games where, you know, they were taken out at halftime or switched up and, you know, threw a bunch of interceptions before that. But that, that's the thing. They need to curtail his interceptions. And, you know, we saw it towards the last month of the, the season, he did a much better job of not turning the ball over. And that's what they need from him. But, you know, the fact that they had a good offense before, but now bring in Bruce Arians, a guy who likes to get his running back involved in the passing game and loves to force the ball down the field something Winston mm-hmm. wants to do is go deep. Um, and right. I, I think it's a great hiring for him. You know, it, it, it's whether or not Winston can hold up under Arians. That's going to be interesting to see because Arians is one of those guys that, you know, he, he, it's his way or nothing. Uh, you do it the way he wants you to do it or you don't do it at all uh, kind of mm-hmm. mentality, which I like from a head coach. That's what you need. You, you can't be friends with your players. You, you, you got to be like, this is what you have to do. I don't care who you are type of mentality and that's what he brings to him and then you know the other the, the other coaches he's already brought in todd bowles as defensive coordinator i think is a great play and then they brought in byron Leftwich from uh, arizona to take over as offensive coordinator and you know i, mm-hmm. I like that as well we saw Leftwich make a little bit of a dent in in arizona get them a little better once he took over but still the, the offense didn't take a lot of steps forward um So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do here. And the the other big part is, you know, Arians has already come out and said, well, I'm not going to be calling the offensive plays this year. I'm going to let Leftwich do that. So I'm really interested to see how that works out.
0: Mm. Very good points. Very good points. Hey, what about uh, Matt LaFleur? We didn't talk about him much uh, last uh, show as the new Packers head coach. I mean, How much does a head coach uh, actually coach in in, in Green Bay? (laughs) It seems that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of runs that team, doesn't he?
1: (laughs) Well, he wants to believe so. uh, So it'll be interesting Uh, to see who does have control. Let's face it. Rodgers was a big reason McCarthy's not there anymore. The two of them did not see eye to eye. And, you know, obviously uh, Rodgers won, as you would expect from you know, a quarterback of his caliber and, you know, length of time he's been there. I, I get all that. Um, LaFleur, mm-hmm. let, let's see, he's an interesting hire. He definitely falls under that we want a young offensive mind to come in here mm-hmm. and do a Sean McVay on our offense. But the fact yeah. of the matter is you're getting a he Matt has LaFleur. He link to him, right? You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he does have a link to him. Um, mm-hmm. But, you, you, you know, here you're getting a Matt LaFleur who in Tennessee really didn't show us that much. Um, it took mm-hmm. him, you know, what, three quarters of the season to actually get Derrick Henry involved. And then once he did, we saw, you know, give him enough carries and the kids lightning out there. And they didn't use that all the first part of the season. You know, you know, some of it can be blamed on the fact that Mariota was hurt for a good part of the early season and there was no continuity. Uh, you know, nobody really clearly stepped up as a number two wide receiver, you know, Is Corey Davis truly a number one wide receiver? Personally, I don't think so. I think he'd be a good number two if they can get a good number one. uh, I Mm. think that would help Davis, you know, grow into that role very well. Right now, he's not ready to be a true number one. Um, So all of that comes into play. It'll be interesting, you know, whether he can have control over Rodgers or if Rodgers takes control over him. Uh, and that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, again, one of the things that bothered me the most about this is the fact that they signed them to a four-year contract with, you know, a, a fifth-year bonus that they could, you know, rehire them for that fifth year at their their option. And you know, I, I just don't see that with these court, young uh, coaches that have no head coaching experience. Why do you give them a four-year contract? They got to have a way to get out of that early, because in, mm-hmm. in all. Reality: If he doesn't do it, you know, within a year or two, he'll be out early. Um, sure. So it'll be interesting. You know, and it's contracts like these four year contracts is the reason why they're still going to be play- paying Mike McCarthy nine million dollars this year. And the mm-hmm. reason why he could sit out because he didn't get the the one spot he wanted in New York with the Jets. Yeah, I was so he said, OK, that, yeah. well, I'm not going to coach this year. He doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. He's still making nine million dollars.
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah, and you're right. Uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, there were rumors about him in, in, in Cleveland, but at the end, he kind of said, hey, look, the only job I'm really interested in is uh, the one in New York and uh, the Jets. Which opted, I got to wonder why. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: <laughs> why
0: he wanted uh, New York?
1: Yeah. Why Why would that be the only job you wanted? I'd love to hear his thoughts on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It would be interesting to see, but you got to say, hey, you know, if, if you've. If you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, right? I mean, look, it, it'd be incredible if he took the Browns to a Super Bowl within three years, right, because of how inept they were, you know, the, for so long. But to take a, a, a New York franchise uh, like the Jets that, you know, they, they're, their recent history is better than the Browns, but not, really not by that much. Yeah, really, not <laughs> I mean, by you know. much at all. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess, you know, he wanted to be in the spotlight, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, no, maybe, so, he, Or maybe you know.
1: he just likes Sam Darnold and thinks he can work with him. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. That's, it's got to be part of it as well. It's got to be part of it. What do you think of uh, you know, our, our buddy uh, Frank Stamfel? Very upset, very uh, big Jets fan, very upset that the uh, Jets had hired uh, Adam Gase. Where do you stand? Do you, do you agree with him? Do you think that there's some hope there? Uh, supposedly, hey, uh, you know, we had talked about how Peyton Manning uh, you know, put a stamp of approval for
1: Adam Gase. Oh, there there you go. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) That means a whole lot. No, and it does. I mean, how could you just discount it? But at the same point, I I mean, let's ask Cutler, let's ask Tannehill, do they feel the same way? Uh, Mm -hmm. I'd like to know those answers. You know, we, we know that Peyton had his best season, fifty-five touchdown passes under Gaze, uh, and Gaze is still riding that that tsunami of yeah. fifty-five touchdown passes because right. basically Cutler and Tannehill haven't done anything close to anything like that. So mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see what he can do here. Look, again, if he can bring out the best in Darnold, then go for it. Good for you. Uh, I hope he does well for Jets fans. I'm not a Jet fan, but I'm, I don't dislike the Jets, as most Giants mm-hmm. fans do. I don't have a problem mm-hmm. if the Jets do well. So, you know, I wish them well, but I do know that Frank really does not like this. He was really hoping it was going to be McCarthy. You know, mm-hmm. at that point, I got to ask him, Yeah, okay, so McCarthy went to the Super Bowl, eh, okay. He had one of the best quarterbacks well, in the world. All those league. years yeah, ago. okay. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, He's been so anemic in his offense lately, and play calling, and just you know nothing outside the box at all. Pretty straightforward, just relying on on Aaron Rodgers to win you every single game. Just doesn't work in this league anymore.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? There's a lot of uh, a lot of people were uh, complaining about McCarthy's coaching style in terms of his uh, you know uh, using. Uh, challenges and clock management. So you know that mm. kind of gets forgotten when uh, you see that he won a Super Bowl and that he had some success in the past with the Packers. But uh, you know, I guess well, again, that goes to see. our
1: earlier conversation about teams finally starting to hire guys to take care of those particular aspects. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, of, you know, clock management, of, 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 you know, watching for challenges and when they should issue a challenge, Uh, I think that's great. Take that kind of stuff off a head coach's plate because they got more than enough stuff going on in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. Believe me, they got so many people in their ear at all times on the sideline that, you know, one less thing for them not to have to worry about if you have somebody dedicated to just that, it's got to help. It's got to help. I can't see how it doesn't help, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, by next year we see almost every single team doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Cliff Kingsbury for a minute, 39-year-old, new head coach of the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals coming off a brutal 3-13 season for 2018. They have the number one overall pick, and, uh, you know, Kingsbury, no NFL experience, recently fired by Texas Tech after a 35-40 and 40 overall one-loss record. You know, he's, you know, hitching his uh, star to the fact that he worked with Patrick Mahomes, and, uh, you know, he had worked with Case Keenum and Johnny Menzel, who's playing in Canada, and even a little bit with uh, Baker Mayfield, who was at Texas Tech before he transferred to Oklahoma. Uh does uh, Josh Rosen's uh, future look a little bit brighter with Kingsbury there? And are you surprised that someone with so little, you know, uh, with no NFL experience yeah. is given the, the head coach position?
1: No, again, it really does come down to the mold that, you know, teams are trying to fill that Sean McVay. We talk about it a lot, but it's only true. You know, we're seeing it really consistently here this year where they are going for these young, unproven offensive minds and they, they want to build. Look, he had a great offense designed at Texas Tech. With the air raid mm-hmm. system, they, they did a great job putting points on the board. Unfortunately, they couldn't stop the other team from putting more points on the board, and that's why he lost and eventually was fired. Uh, but, you know, they <laughs> made some big changes. They brought in Vance Joseph, uh, former head coach of the Broncos, to be their defensive coordinator, which I like. I always thought he was a great defensive coordinator. Didn't really show that as a head coach. So, you know, good good play there. I think that helps the defense. They're talking about bringing in Steve Sarkisian as the offense coordinator, which makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, while Kings, Kingsbury, Kingsbury, yeah, I keep putting that L in there. Kingsbury, you know, would <laughs> put together a good offensive game plan, but he wasn't very good at calling plays. And, you know, that is a unique talent, knowing what play to call and when there's some people sure. who just have it. And some people that don't, I've played guys on Madden that could call plays out the wazoo. <laughs> You know, and just knew what play they wanted to call and was successful so often it wasn't funny. And then you got other Mm -hmm. guys that know a lot about football that can't call a single play. Um, You know, they they don't know which way to go and, you know, constantly do it. The same thing at this level is guys that know how to call plays and guys that don't. Uh, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for them, if they do get Sarkeesian, he's a guy who can't really design an offense, but he's a hell of a play caller. Um, he knows right. how to call plays. He knows how to keep the defenses on their heels. So that could be a really good signing for them if he, they get him as well. So it will be interesting to see how they go go about this. And if they do land Sarkeesian, I think it helps as long as Kingsbury allows him to, to call the plays, which I think he will.
0: Right. Hey, what, what do you think about this rumor uh, about uh, the Cardinals uh, trading Josh Rosen and using their number one overall pick for uh, – Tyler Murray. Now Tyler Murray, five uh, ten. So you know, if you if you watch uh, his game tape, big arm for that five ten and uh, speed uh, demon. Uh, but uh, you know, five ten, uh, what, one hundred eighty pounds. You know, who do we have? We had uh, Doug Flutie, right? And uh, yeah, he had some limited uh, success, but uh, kind of undersized for an NFL quarterback these days.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, I I agree. And, you know, there's not a ton of them that have done it, but there have been guys, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, these short guys that, you know, Mm -hmm. play around that. Mm -hmm. they, You know, they they can move around enough in the pocket where they can find the lanes that they need to find to throw through. Does it make it a little Mm -hmm. harder? Sure it does. No doubt when you're looking at 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", size defensive lineman standing in front of you with their big paws up in the air. It's kind of hard to Mm -hmm. see through that sometimes, but the better quarterbacks can make that work. Um, So it'll be interesting. A lot of the, you know, the challenge here is whether or not he goes to baseball or stays in football. So we'll have to see how that works, but you know, I look. If they don't like Rosen, if the new guys don't like Rosen, then why not try try and make that change? If they like mm-hmm. one of these guys, and you know, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's Dwayne Haskins that they like from Ohio State. Maybe a little bit more. And now you're talking right. about a, you know six three. 200, Mm -hmm. I think 20 pounds, something like that. At least that's what he's Mm -hmm. listed at, you know, quarterback that has that size, you know, maybe they go to Mm -hmm. him. There's a lot of people that like him as the first quarterback to come off the board uh, possibility wise, you know, so coming off a major season, uh, you know, with Ohio state, what over 4,800 yards, 50 touchdowns, only eight interceptions had a monster year with Ohio state. So there's that possibility. And if they really want to go that way, then why not take a chance? teams out there looking for quarterbacks. Somebody will trade him for Rosen. Depending on what they get for him, that's the other question. Especially if Mm -hmm. teams know they want to trade him, then the price goes down. Right.
0: Right. Of course, yes. All right.
1: Well, uh, why don't we go back in the,
0: the last uh, couple of minutes of this segment, uh, take a look back at uh, our, our mock draft that is still going on. And uh, when we come back after the commercial, we'll spend the next uh, segments breaking down the Sunday games uh, from uh, a gambling perspective, prop bets, uh, individual DFS lineups, too, we'll throw at you. Uh, but hey, I'm just looking at this uh, this draft still going on there, uh, Jim Day, and uh, Scott Scott Engel ended up taking in the sixth round. We're just doing a, a short six round draft. Uh, he took Andrew Luck uh, in the sixth round. Um, let's see, that would be pick overall, what? 12 times 48.
1: 68. Uh, no, yeah, 66. somewhere, yeah. 69. 69.
0: Okay, there you go. And uh, the first quarterback to go off the board was taken by the fantasy exec in the fourth round, Patrick Mahomes. So uh, what are we thinking in terms of there's really been
1: a, a a big change? No Aaron Rodgers. Well, after the season he had, I can't really complain <laughs> about that. Uh, you know, oh, more likely he bounces back next year. But that, you know, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Could with, be a bargain. Year like yeah. this. Right, he, he ends up becoming a bargain. There's still a lot of guys out there they are going to wait on quarterbacks. Um, You know, just because they can, there's still so many great quarterbacks out there. The fact that you can get, you know, Rivers and guys like Matt Ryan and stuff like that from the 10th round later, a lot lot of guys don't want to spend that early draft capital on a quarterback. And I get that. I'm usually Mm -hmm. one of those guys. But, you know, I I can't fault, you know, either Mahomes in the fourth or Luck in the sixth. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't think Mahomes puts up these numbers again next year. Very tough. He's only the third guy to ever do it. So I don't think he does Mm -hmm. it again. But how much of a regression do we actually see in his second full season? You know, even if he ends up with, you know, 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns, still going to be a top three tight quarterback. Very doable.
0: Yeah, very doable. Yeah, that's a, you know, that 40 touchdowns is a 20% uh, reduction, right, from 50. Yeah. So, uh, hey, and I'm all in on luck next season as well. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, I guess fourth round, I think I would invest in Mahomes. Be fun to have him on the team. That's part of the whole thing about playing fantasy sports, right? And we'll be back with more. Yeah, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The foreigner getting us back in. Cold as ice. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And hey, at the game, just got a gut feeling. Well, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right, $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag. Promo code FNTSY. You're listening to uh, the Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Juggling at Jim Day, Sean Angle, producer extraordinaire, and the prince of uh, the Royal Fantasy family uh, taking us through this afternoon. And now looking forward to uh, the four games this weekend. Hanging in there, Jim.
1: Oh, hanging in there. And, you know, I love the recent name change from Weekend Fantasy up, uh, Weekend Fantasy Update Live to just
0: Weekend <laughs> <you know? laughs> Yeah, we're keeping everyone on their toes, right? We uh, did an earlier show where we combined Fantasy Sports Today with Weekend Fantasy Update, and we called it uh, something or other Weekend Fantasy Sports Update Today. <laughs> uh, we're very ingenious that way. Uh, so we've been breaking down... Uh, Uh, There you go, (laughs) break it down. Week 19 uh, in the NFL uh, Divisional Playoffs. And uh, we've also been interspersing. We talked a little bit about the uh, coaching hires. We've been talking about a, uh, a mock draft that we've been involved in. And uh, Jim wanted to talk about his third-round pick. His team, uh, let's give you his team. In the first round, he took Alvin Kamara, uh, followed that up uh, with uh, David Johnson. He's picking from number 6, by the way. It's a uh, full-point PPR in a 12-team league. So, nice start for him, Alvin Kamara, David Johnson. And then he wanted to talk about his third round pick there, uh, Jim.
1: Yeah, look, uh, you know, starting with the two running backs, uh, I wanted to see what how what the impact would be of taking one of the big three tight ends. And, you know, usually that's Gronk, Kelsey Ertz. But this year now it's, you know, Kelsey Ertz and Kittle uh, after the mm-hmm. amazing season, you know, George Kittle had this year and, you know, led the league in uh, yards after contact. I, I mean, just an amazing season for him. Yeah. Um, so yes, I wanted to see how absolutely. that would, you know, how it would work going forward, especially for my wide receivers. And to be honest with you, I don't like it. Um, you know, I ended up coming back a week in round four with Cooper Cup, <laughs> who I love, but come, he's going to be coming off the injury. And then I mm-hmm. followed that up with Tyler Lockett, and then I followed it up with Cortland Sutton. Now I like mm-hmm. all three of these guys. Uh, maybe Sutton, not quite so much, but. I like the opportunity he's going to be in. Hopefully, the, the you know new coaching changes will get him even more involved, yep. and we'll see how that mm-hmm. works out. Uh, but what I really didn't like was, you know, Cooper Cup is my number one. I would have been you know, much better off. There were a couple of guys I would have liked to take as my number one ahead of him. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Amari Cooper, probably number one in that talk. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Julian Edelman. Uh, All guys that went, you know, between my picks are guys that I Mm would have taken there uh, and liked more as my number one. Uh, wide receiver as opposed to Cooper Cup. I, I got nothing against Cooper Cup, but I think he's going to be a good talent for years. But, you know, coming off the injury, we, we'll have to see how that works out. But ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, if I was going to do this again and still wanted to get Kittle in the third, you know, more than likely I would go running back wide receiver then Kittle so that I'm not, you know, sliding so far to get my number one uh, number one wide receiver.
0: Right. right. That's a good point. Um And I uh, picked from the number one slot. Uh, I started off with uh, two running backs, uh, Saquon Barkley and Joe Mixon. Uh, Followed it up with Stephon Diggs. Uh, Then uh, Tariq Cohen. I don't think you guys were too thrilled with the Tariq Cohen pick uh, for my part. And then I followed that up with Alshon Jeffrey. So my two wide receivers, Stephon Diggs and Alshon Jeffrey. my two main uh, running backs, Barkley and Mixon and uh, Tariq Cohen. And the reason why I went with Tariq Cohen, uh, it's a full point PPR. Uh, and and maybe he hasn't been as consistent uh, as I'd like. But I felt that looking at his stats, that as the season wore on, it looked like, you know, the, uh, the Bears – Uh, we're using him a little bit more. And I'm thinking that, you know, it's not like Jordan Howard really did anything where, you know... he was able to catch the ball out of the backfield and and really squash Tariq Cohen. Uh, if anything, I think maybe Tariq Cohen's role next season with the Bears might expand a little bit. I don't think, you know, I don't I don't think Jordan Howard's probably Jordan Howard's probably not going anywhere, but I don't think that he has established himself uh, that much either and has improved. Well, but I, don't I, know I got
1: feel. a I got a stat here for that. Um, sure. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I got to find it. Hold on. Bear with me any That's second. That's all right. There's so many damn things here. Um, <laughs> but the one thing I will say is that, you know, everybody's down on Jordan Howard. Everybody loved him coming into the season and all mm-hmm. that. No, oh, he's had such a terrible season. He's actually only had 18 fewer fantasy points this year than he had last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not like the drop off was so freaking huge. It just seemed like that because Cohen was doing well and they were using him a lot. and You know, but as. Start to see, you know, Howard becoming more involved because, you know, now we get into the playoff time, you needed that running back that, you know, could run out the clock yeah. if you wanted. And we saw yes. that starting to happen with him. So, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's such a big drop down for what he had last year. Like I said, only 18 fantasy points less. Had the same number of mm-hmm. touchdowns he had last year. The good thing from this, you can take from this, is that he'll slide in next year's drafts and give you value now probably in the fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh round, depending on how people right. feel. And, you know, that that's a great thing of knowing, you know, when people, oh, this guy like David Johns, oh, he had such a terrible year. And Jordan Howard, oh, he had such a terrible year. You know, you got to use that to your advantage, especially when the numbers don't really justify that You know, them saying that again, David Johnson was the number nine running back. Jordan Howard, only 18 points less than he had last year. And everybody loved him coming out of last year. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, not huge changes uh, could make this, you know, even a little better. And you get him for a, a much cheaper draft spot in 2019.
0: Mm hmm. So
1: uh, who would you, what would you have done in my
0: spot there? I don't know if you have it in, in front of you. Like, uh, uh, I took Tariq Cohen and Alshon Jeffrey. I was confident with the Tariq Cohen pick, but you know, thinking back now, uh, do you think that maybe Darius Geis would have been uh, a better pick? I mean, we don't know what we're going to see from him, but uh, you know, we're thinking he's going to be a primary back there.
1: Well, I, I think so, too. And, and you know, his, uh, his injury was, you know, before the start of the season. So he's got a full season to come back, which I think he should do. I, I know he had some, um, you know, complications from the, your initial surgery mm-hmm. and they had to deal with all that. But, from you know, we haven't heard anything new on that in quite a while. So hopefully that's, you know, gotten on track and they're back where they need to be. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it's not that I hate Cohen. Uh, where you mm-hmm. grabbed him as, especially as your running back three, I think he's a great running back three. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I just maybe you know I take a shout out, Geist, just because there's a possibility that you could be looking at a guy who touches the ball 20 times a game, uh, which right, Cohen right. doesn't do, and, and that's the only up, the only change there. Look, mm-hmm. I mean, not to say he can replicate what Peterson did, but the fact that Peterson got a thousand yards behind that. Offensive line that was just riddled with injuries, and the fact that they were using their th- fourth quarterback by the end of the season you know, it mm-hmm. amazes me. Imagine what a young kid could do with a healthy O line and Alex Smith back under center. I think he could be amazing. Right.
0: Right. What do you think about uh, Mike Williams going before Tyler Boyd? Because I I took Alshon Jeffrey, but I I was kind of torn for a little bit whether or not to take, you know, Tyler Boyd. uh, Who else was another uh, uh, wide receiver that I was Alan Robinson? I was thinking about. But uh, again, you know, just a little uh, inconsistency. But you think that Mike Williams should have gone before Tyler Boyd?
1: Well, it, it really comes down to whether or not you expect Williams to take that next big step forward. Uh, you know me; I, I've always loved Williams. I, I think he's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, he's gonna be a dramatic playmaker in this league. It it just comes down to whether or not you know how how much does Rivers trust him? How much do do they keep him involved in the passing game? And th- that was the reason why you know in most drafts he won't go in the fifth round. He just won't. Mm-hmm. This is you know Dane being Dane, and you know. Putting it out there that he wanted Williams, and I get that. I, I did the same thing in drafts this year because yeah. I wanted Williams so bad. Um, right. I, I really do think he does take a next you know next step. Forward I don't have a problem next year with you
0: like taking somebody like uh, around early if you really like him and you know because how many times has it happened to you in your drafting career where you know you you almost feel like people are reading your mind. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, you're like okay, I'll just wait around a two. He'll be there, and then damn, the next couple picks, he's gone.
1: Yeah, right. But now to answer your other question, I mean, I probably would have taken Tyler Boyd over him because Tyler Boyd had a great Mm -hmm. season. Uh, Really, you know, Mm -hmm. I I mean, it can't be emphasized enough how well he was playing, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. And it hurt him when A.J. Green went down, which, you know, everybody's saying, oh, this should be good for him. He'll be the number one. That's not the way it works. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. You know, if you're not a number one wide receiver, having your number one go down is not a good thing for you. Because um, then you got you know, number you may one quarterback <laughs> Yeah, you may, you may have more opportunity, but you also got the better defenders going against you. So, you know, with right. Green coming back next year, hopefully healthy, that definitely plays right into Boyd's hands again. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think he continues his strong play, so I have no problem with that. I would have taken Tyler Lockett over Mike Williams. And I ended up taking Mm -hmm. Tyler Lockett uh, in that round a couple of picks later Mm -hmm. because I was thinking Boyd and he went. So then I had to look for the next guy. And again, it was all a byproduct of taking that tight end in round three and not having any Mm -hmm. wide receivers before that pick. So, you know, at this point, I'm trying to get the best wide receivers I can to back me up as often as I can. And I like Mm -hmm. Lockett. I mean, he's... There are times when he, he's very tough, you know, two, three, four catches in a game. But, you know, a lot of those are big plays and, and usually touchdowns are very closely associated with it. So mm-hmm. uh, he's mm-hmm. had a, a, an amazing season and I don't see that's going to change next year. Um, so I, I like him a lot there. But I, I would probably take in both of those guys over Mike Williams. But then that's probably it based on the the. the wide receivers that went after that, I would have taken Mike Williams over the guys that followed like DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, uh, Calvin Ridley, Doug Baldwin. I I would have taken the shot of Mike Williams over those guys.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. That's fair. That's fair enough. And Alan Robinson, should should I have been thinking about Alan Robinson even at the turn?
1: I love Alan. F- look. Fifth don't round. get me wrong. I I like Allen Robinson a lot. I, I do. I, I just mm-hmm. don't think this offense used him correctly. And plus, he was hurt a lot. But when he was yes. in Jacksonville, this was a a, a touchdown monster. Um, and I did yeah. expect a lot of that to come into play here in Chicago. I I thought you know this Matt Nagy offense was going to be another good high, high, potent offense that was going to put points on the board. And while they had a couple of games like that, for the most part, they really weren't. So that that affected him. And like I said, with the injury, that didn't help either. But I, I think, you know, a full off season, if he can get healthy, again, I think he definitely comes back into play as, as that guy that you're going to take fifth, sixth round to try and get on your team.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey in this fifth round uh, took uh, a guy that, you know, we, we have to start looking at these guys that went down with season-ending uh, injuries. Jarek McKinnon, running back for... Uh, the 49ers. I mean, he was uh, a hot pickup in drafts early before he went hurt. Uh, got hurt.
1: Well, I, I thought he was going too early last year. Um, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. were taking him in the second round, and you know, mm-hmm. based on the fact they thought he was going to be the every down player in San Fran, and he's just not built to it, as we saw. Um, he, he has an injury history. This isn't something new for him. And he's a a slight running back that, you know, when you have a slight running back that also has an injury history, it's hard for them to stay on the field consistently. Uh, Mm -hmm. On the positive side, he's in a great position because they do love to to check down and throw to that running back position if they can. Um, You know, that's a big part of this offense and what they want to do going forward. So it, mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, if he gets fully healthy next year, this is a guy that, that's going to be in play. Uh, and, you know, because of the injury this year and everything else that went on, he's going to drop to that fourth, fifth round. And if he drops in, you know, those rounds, then I think he becomes value. You know, trying to grab him in the second, early third to me is just too early.
0: Mm-hmm. a uh, Davis mattek took uh, James white in the sixth round and remember it's a full-point PPR fair where where uh, white went I mean for a while until uh, Rex Burkhead had uh, got healthy and started playing more snaps uh, white there was a period of time white was just dynamite you know it was it was Michelle for the early down uh, uh, you know the early down running back and white uh, you know just catching balls out well, of the backfield. Well, even
1: field. before Michelle got on the field, White was the guy. Um, and he had yeah. a great first half of the season. But then they were overusing him. And he, again, we're talking about a small guy mm-hmm. taking a lot of punishment. And I mm-hmm. think more of the second half was more just to try and keep him healthy for the playoffs, which they they love to use him in the playoffs. He's been a big playmaker for them in the playoffs for a while now. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think that trend is going to continue again You know, this week. I think, you know, you look at I, I, I want to say, in oh man, I forget the stat off the top of my head, but in the last two years in playoffs, all at home, um, he's had, uh, oh man, four or five, I think eight touchdowns in eight games. No, eight touchdowns mm-hmm. in seven games, because uh, one of those yeah. games he had, he had 139 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, another mm-hmm. game he had 40 yards and two touchdowns, but only one of the last six games at home in the playoffs where he didn't score a touchdown. He had eight yards and didn't have a touchdown. So, you know, didn't do anything that game. But every other game he's had, you know, if not good yardage he's at least had touchdowns to go with it um, and he's definitely much better at home than he is on the road at home he's hmm. had this year he had 65 targets 75 touches uh, 681 yards and eight touchdowns where on the road he had 58 targets 84 touches 495 yards and only four touchdowns hmm,
0: hmm. interesting stat. yeah good stats good stats uh we surprised DJ Moore went in the 5th round
1: um a little bit um you know mm-hmm. a lot of people buying into that that he's going to be the true number one in in carolina mm-hmm. and, and more like more yeah, likely he will mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. more likely he will but mm-hmm. you know I, I just don't know if i could buy him that early uh it's still mm-hmm. going to be a, a year two receiver um yeah i just, I just don't know he, again Rookie wide receiver is very inconsistent. That's what we saw from him this year. Does he take that Mm -hmm. big next step forward? If you're picking him in the fifth, you're saying he does. He showed
0: signs, (laughs) and we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's race to the commercial. We'll be right back with more Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll be breaking down Sunday's matchups for you for the next hour. Prop bets, DFS lineups. We'll be back. Weekend Fantasy Update.
1: Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.